Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Happy John Mayer Release Week. How are you? <laughs> Same to you. If you celebrate, happy John Mayer Release Week to if you. If you observe John Mayer holidays, <laughs> as Katie Atkinson does, it's a special kind of week for you. It's not just one day you celebrate. It's the full seven days of Mayer fantasticness. Right. Actually, I just celebrate every week. <laughs> That's good, John, if you're listening. You've, you've got a friend in Katie. Yes. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how BTS's new single, Permission to Dance, debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, replacing the group's own butter atop the list, while the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay starts at number three. Meanwhile, Olivia Rodrigo spends a fourth week at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, doing something no woman has done with their debut album since 2010. What's that? Why, we'll tell you in just a moment. Also on the show, we're talking about Normani's new Wild Side song and video with Cardi B, as well as John Mayer's eighth studio album, Sob Rock, which came out last week. And with the Grammy eligibility year closing soon, we'll be taking a look at some possible veteran acts that could score nominations from Stevie Wonder and Diana Ross to Elton John and Joan Jett. So stick around for that in just a bit. But first, before you get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider, so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right. Well, let's do the chart chat. First up, BTS bounds on to the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart at number one with its new single, Permission to Dance. The South Korean group supplants itself at the top spot as the act's own butter falls to number seven after seven weeks at number one. Dance launches as the group's fifth Hot 100 number one. I didn't know Follow that me. Butter fell to number seven. Sorry to interrupt you. I didn't um, realize I'm that. trying to think of a good pun there involving Butter slipping. What's at number two? Sorry, are you going to say that later? I sure am. <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> Following its July 9th release, Dance drew 15.9 million U.S. streams and 1.1 million radio airplay audience impressions and sold 140,000 downloads. Via its original and instrumental digital versions, each on sale for 69 cents in the weekend ending July 5th in the U.S., according to MRC data. July 15th. You said 5th. I meant the 15th. Yes. Thank you, Katie. No problem. The track debuts atop the digital song sales chart, where it's BTS's eighth number one, extending the X record for the most among groups. It also begins at number eight on the streaming songs chart, but does yet, does yet, does not yet debut on the radio songs chart. Uh, also, Olivia Rodrigo's former number one, Good For You, holds at number two. Oh, there it is. There's your answer. 
while The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay starts at number three. The song, which also was released on July 9th, starts with 34.7 million streams, 12.9 million in radio audience, and 12,000 sold. It enters at number one on the streaming songs chart, uh, and number five on the digital song sales chart, and like Permission to Dance, it's yet to debut on the radio songs chart. All told, uh, this is the Kid Leroy's second Hot 100 Top 10 and a new career best after Without You with Miley Cyrus hit number eight in May. And for Bieber, it's his 24th Hot 100 Top 10. And if you'd like to hear more about that song, you should listen to last week's show. <laughs> it's like we <laughs> predicted its success. Yeah. Um, lastly, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour notches a fourth total week at number one on the Billboard 200 chart as the set earned 83,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending July 15th, according to MRC data. The album holds top the list for a second straight week, after previously debuting at number one on the chart dated June 5th, and then returning to the top for one week on July 3rd. Sour leads a quiet chart, which is absent of debuts in the top 10 for the first time in two months. Wow. I know. The region last went debut-free on the May 22nd list. Fun fact, Sour is the first debut album by a woman to spend four weeks at number one since Susan Boyle's I Dreamed a Dream spent six weeks, all consecutive from its debut at number one, between the December 12th, 2009 and January 16th, 2010 dated charts. So Olivia Rodrigo is going for that Susan Boyle career then. Both are phenomenons in different ways. 100%. Yes, We had a lot of new music come out uh, last week, and I just wanted to highlight a couple of uh, big ones for our audience, um, because there was a ton. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But uh, and and, uh, they're both and they're both are from friends of the podcast. Oh, we did. I remember when we spoke with Normani. Oh, sorry. By the way, we're about to talk about Normani. (laughs) I've like not even like announced that. Um, Normani released the brand new song Wild Side featuring Cardi B on Friday along with an eye-popping music video. Um, it reminded me a lot of how blown away people were when Normani released her motivation video back in 2019 and now she's just upped the ante with choreography and costumes and sets and Cardi B. Lack of costumes. Yeah, and lack thereof also. Um, I mean, there are costumes. There are just, they are minimal. We have to talk about this video because like, uh, it's just... The best thing I saw was a YouTube comment that was like, how many sets do you want? And Normani said, yes, <laughs> because there's just it's there's just so many setups. Like, I feel like I've watched this video like five times and I still see new things, new costumes, new everything, new choreography. Um, but yeah, Keith, you've seen the video, right? I have. All right. We got to talk about this. Like her. Obviously, her choreo is always incredible. But like it really like when Cardi B shows up. The two of them are on like a wrecking ball together, <laughs> like, and it's just wild. It, the whole thing is just like, I, it's it just like keeps surprising you. At least that's how that's the vibe I got watching it. Keith, yeah, it well, it felt like um, a sort of conventional video, and then it has in in the sense of there's some, you know, group choreography in multiple sets that is very oh that's expected that's expected at this point we expect this of normani and any sort of like female pop star to to perhaps do that and yet 
and yet what I thought was surprising was, you know, the the uh, interplay with Cardi B, mm-hmm. um, Normani's interplay with herself where she's dancing with herself, yes. which I had did a double take at first because I wasn't sure. I, I thought for a second it was Cardi B because it was zoomed out. And then I realized, oh, it's special effects to make Car- uh, to make Normani dance with Normani. Yeah. Um, and then some of the the kind of um, you couldn't tell if there were practical effects or special effects when like she's sort of sliding under dancers mm-hmm. and the dancers are above her where, you know, so so the standard stuff to me, you know, quote unquote standard, which is still, of course, beyond the capabilities of either Katie or I. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, you know, like half the video. And the other half is like, oh, wow, there's these things that you you ha- you weren't expecting or are kind of surprising to you. And some of them happen to be rather titillating also at the same time. Oh, indeed. Yes. I mean, yeah. as Keith said, the, the costumes are minimal. And actually, they Normani shared a behind the scenes photo of her and Cardi. And um, they appear to be completely nude in the video, but you can tell in this video, in the photo that she shared, that they're wearing like flesh colored bras and underwear. And like, again, special effects just removed those photos. Digitally removed. Yes. And also added a lot of hair because they do not have as long of wigs as they appear to in the video, in the the behind the scenes photo. So there's digital hair in there as well. Um, yeah, so they did all sorts of stuff. I mean, honestly, we need to have Normani back on the show so we can ask her all these questions. Uh, like, did they get a lookalike dancer that they then put her face on? You know, they must have because it was it was definitely two women dancing together, right? Not yeah, just... that looked very but but their their bodies looked very similar, very though. similar. Um, and then also speaking of like you don't know what's real and what's not. The way her ponytail was whipping around in that scene, it almost looked like her ponytail was animated. It was like, wait, did they just, like, make her ponytail, like, look like a snake or, like, flip around? Anyway, there's just, I feel like you just, you watch it, you rewatch it, there's new things that you pick up. It's it's a super fun video, and as evidenced by the, like, 12 million people who've watched it already and it came out on Friday, people are watching and rewatching it, obviously, at this point. Yeah. Um, also, it's worth noting, uh, Normani's two biggest hits so far, outside of Fifth Harmony, of course, where she started, are Dancing with a Stranger with Sam Smith and Love Lies with Khalid, both of which were top 10 hits on the Hot 100. So we're still waiting to kind of see if Wildside is, first of all, going to release the, or signal the release of a debut solo album from Normani, because we do not have that yet. I mentioned Motivation, that was her, like, proper solo debut single, but we have not gotten an album yet, and I just, like, kind of can't wait to see a full like fully imagined project from her and see what she can do as a solo star, because it's one of those, she's one of those people that like, you know, people have decided she's a solo star, but she doesn't have like the, the project to back it up yet. And it feels like it's happening. Like we're watching it right now. I guess we'll find Mm out. Speaking of new albums, (laughs) good, good transition. When I think think of Normani, (laughs) I think of this next artist. (laughs) John Mayer releases new album Sabra I mean, on Friday. I do have to say, John Mayer has been known to sport a sort of one-piece mankini on a yacht. That's true. And do choreography with himself in a sensual fashion? No, that never happened. I was like, wait, he hasn't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the bikini bar, yes. Yes, that part's Google real. Google that, folks. That part's yeah. real. Um, so you might have seen the very 80s album rollout for John's new project from the pastel album cover to the Toto channeling signal, single, single and signal. I should not have chosen to put both those words in the uh, script at the same time. 
his total channeling single, Last Train Home. Um, and then the project also includes the previously Lucy singles, New Light, which was put out way back in 2018, as well as I guess I just feel like and Carry Me Away. So there's like a lot of stuff you've already heard, a lot of stuff you haven't yet. He debuted a new music video on Friday, too, for Shot in the Dark, which is another super 80s visual. I don't know if you watched that one yet, Keith, but it's a lot of shadows and there's like a transparent telephone, which I think I had that when I was seven when it rings is like the neon light inside well you know it had all the like colorful cords you could see like connecting everything anyway um so there's just like a lot of vibes there and then uh in addition to that as i was listening to it this weekend and uh you know having my husband listen along with me we were like playing the name game of like what these songs sound like there's there's a whole hell of a lot of bruce hornsby in this album Don Henley, Michael McDonald. Dan made the call of Mark Cohn. He's like, sounds like a Mark Cohn album. (laughs) Well, he's 90s, though, I guess, right? Oh, was Walking in Memphis early Early 90s? 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, so I guess it's got a late 80s, early 90s vibe to it, too. Uh, John also announced a Sob Rock tour uh, that starts early next year. It's kicking off in February in New York, and it's coming to Los Angeles on my birthday. So thank you, John. Where, where is he playing? Uh, is he playing the forum? Yeah, two nights at the forum. Wow. Yeah. Well, you'll have you'll have to see if you can get a meet and greet, Katie. Oh my God. We'll have to see. I mean, I've I've, I've talked to him. I've met and greeted him before. That's right. You met him in person for the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And he wouldn't let you go. Oh my God. That's all. Please, if you love John Mayer like I do. I mean, it's one of my favorite interviews of all time, but not just because I got to interview John Mayer, but because he was just especially comical that day, I thought. Anyway. And you guys wrote a song together. We did. There was a song. There was a song at the end. Is it, on, is it a bonus track on the new album? Ha! <laughs> doubtful. Doubtful. Although that would probably John, put it over the top. I want you to come back to the show. Yes. It's, it's obvious at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, switching gears. Uh, you know, I was reading an interview with uh, legendary producers, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the other day, uh, whose debut album, by the way, as an artist, which is titled Jam and Lewis Volume 1, uh, arrives in the top 20 on Billboard's top album sales chart this week. And it got me thinking of about uh, the possibilities of them getting a Grammy nomination at the upcoming Grammy Awards with this new album. Um, after all, Jam and Lewis are five-time Grammy winners, and this new album has a bevy of guests that have been given a lot of Grammy love in the form of either nominations and or wins in the past, including Mariah Carey and Babyface, among others. So perhaps we could see Jam and Lewis maybe snare a Best R&B Performance nomination or maybe a Best R&B Album or Best Traditional R&B Album. I don't know where they would slot this into because Mm -hmm. I don't work there. I'm not on these (laughs) committees. I'm just pontificating. Um, Heck, even, uh, you know, there's even a song on the album that uh, is a collaboration with famed gospel act Sounds of Blackness. So maybe Jam and Lewis could even find their way into the best gospel performance song category. Sure. You just never know. So with that, I then subsequently fell into a rabbit hole and brought Katie along with me. Indeed. Um, as I started to think about all the recording artists or just sort of a small sampling of those that have been Um, releasing music since at least the 1980s and that released new music during the eligibility period for the next Grammy Awards. And that period is September 1st, 2020 through September 30th, 2021. Yeah, and we're not saying that these 
like that all of these acts are going to get a nomination and we're not even sure if some of them are eligible or even submitted for consideration. It's more of just listing some scenarios where there's a possibility maybe of them getting a nomination. So um, what I did was I, I basically kind of looked at some of our all right, some 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 of the key charts where you would kind of see kind of these veteran acts pop onto, and I kind of looked through all the debuts every week for the past year and kind of picked out some some fun talking points. Again, this isn't everyone. I just sort of picked some interesting examples. Yeah. Um. So, what about twenty five time Grammy Award winner Stevie Wonder? I mean, that seems like a a clear possibility. Well, uh, he released two new songs last October, and one of them. Uh, titled Where Is Our Love Song, features four-time Grammy winner Gary Clark Jr. And the other, Can't Put It in the Hands of Fate, features three-time nominee Rhapsody, two-time nominee Corday, nominee Chica, and 12-time nominee Busta Rhymes. Perhaps the latter could get a Best Rap Song or maybe Best Melodic Rap Performance nomination. I don't know where it would go. Um, And if if it won, it would bring all of those folks, except for Stevie, their first their first Grammy win. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. And while we're talking about some Motown legends, what about Diana Ross? Sure. Her new album, Thank You, is due on September 10th, and she has yet to win a competitive Grammy. Which is unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. But she's undeniably a legend, and this could finally be her time. Uh, This is her first new album of original material since 1999's Every Day is a New Day. And her first new album since the covers project, I Love You, in 2006. And, you know, earlier this year, we had Duran Duran's frontman Simon LeBon on mm-hmm. the podcast talking about the band's latest single, Invisible, and their upcoming album, Future Pass, which is due out on October 22nd. Now, while the album won't make the cutoff for this year's Grammys, the single is, is eligible. Could the band, which is a two-time Grammy award-winning act, possibly snag a nomination for Invisible? It's a great hmm. song. We know yeah. that. And speaking of iconic British acts, what about New Order or Pet Shop Boys? Uh, previous nominees New Order released a new single, Be a Rebel, in September 2020, while six-time nominees Pet Shop Boys released the single Cricket Wife this year. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, the mention of Pet Shop Boys leads me to Elton John and Years and Years. Mm-hmm. The two acts performed a show-stopping cover of Pet Shop Boys' It's a Sin, at the Brit Awards earlier this year and released it as a single. Maybe, considering Elton is a five-time winner, could the cover snare a Best Pop Duo Group Performance nomination or maybe even Best Dance Electronic Recording nomination? That makes me want to go down a whole other rabbit hole of cover songs that have been nominated for Grammys. That's probably oh, a yeah, great Oh, yeah, that's list. a whole other episode. <laughs> Then there's 20-time winner Bruce Springsteen, who dropped his Letter to You album during the eligibility period. And, of course, he's Bruce Springsteen, so he's pretty much automatically in the Grammy conversation at any time. And then there's 18-time winner Paul McCartney, who released two albums that could find their way toward a nomination. His McCartney 3 studio album in December and its subsequent alternative, alternative remix album, McCartney 3 Imagined, featuring an array of guest stars ranging from Beck and St. Vincent to Phoebe Bridgers and Dominic Fike. So could the former get a nomination for Best Rock Album while the latter finds its way to nomination in the Best Alternative Music Album category, perhaps? It would be wild if McCartney had an album in each of those categories. Oh, yeah. At the same time. And then how, like, what if Springsteen 
Like, what if it was Springsteen versus McCartney for Best Rock Album? That's <laughs> totally possible. Um, okay, so what about friend of the podcast, Kylie Minogue? The Grammy Award winner released her disco album in November of last year, and it's very pop dance disco, and it was warmly received, debuting at number one on the official UK Albums Chart, and it was also a finalist for Top Dance Electronic Album at the 2021 Billboard Music Awards. Minogue also had some interesting collaborations and covers in the past year. There was her Studio 2054 remix of the disco album's Real Groove with Grammy winner Dua Lipa that was featured in Lipa's Studio 2054 livestream concert. Minogue was featured on a remix of Years and Years' Starstruck, and Minogue even covered Lady Gaga's Marry the Night from the Born This Way album for the set's 10th anniversary reissue. There's also... Friend of the pod, Nile Rogers, a three-time winner who had a UK dance hit with S.G. Lewis called One More. Rogers is also credited alongside 12-time winner John Legend and winner Burna Boy on the song Coming to America from the movie of the same name. The track was produced by Rogers and the current reigning Grammy Award winner for Producer of the Year. And oh yeah, Friend of the Pod, Watt. Might be a record for Friend of the Pod on the pod. <laughs> Uh, lastly, at least for this list, what about Billy Idol, Joan Jett, and Stevie Nicks? Friend of the pod, Stevie Nicks. Yes, three-time nominee Idol and previous nominee Jett were both featured on Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts album, which came out last November. Idol was featured on the album's Night Crawling and Jett on the track Bad Karma. And then, of course, Nicks, who is a two-time winner, was featured on the album by way of a remix of Midnight Sky that was dubbed Edge of Midnight, which mashed up Nicks's Edge of Seventeen and Cyrus's Midnight Sky, produced by Watt. <laughs> so <laughs> it's unclear how Nicks could get a nomination from this particular remix and album, but you never know. Nicks herself released her own new song during the eligibility period called Show Them the Way, so it's a possible contender as well. So there's just a few, and that's a lot, but just a few of the possible (laughs) veterans and legends who might possibly score some Grammy love at the upcoming awards. Uh, Who else do you think might snag a nomination? Tweet us. We remain to be seen. We remain to be seen. It remains to be seen. And while the date of the Grammy nominations announcement has yet to be revealed, they will likely be in early December as the final round of voting begins December 6th. The 64th annual Grammy Awards will take place on January 31st. 2022. All right. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. This week in 1982, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. The track climbed four to one on the chart dated July 24th, 1982, and spent six weeks all consecutive atop the list. Eye of the Tiger was the theme song to the hit film Rocky III, and the track went on to garner an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song. Katie, did you know it was nominated alongside How Do You Keep the Music Playing from the film Best Friends, If We Were in Love from Yes, Giorgio, It Might Be You from the film Tootsie, and Up Where We Belong from An Officer and a Gentleman. So, Katie, which song won the Oscar that year for Best Original Song? It's because Katie time. I only know one of those songs. I mean, other Wait. than Eye of the Tiger, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure you know at least two. Yeah. Up where up where we belong and Eye of the Tiger, the only ones that I know. Um, uh, well, uh, is it 
Up Where We Belong? That is correct. Up Where We Belong won the <laughs> Academy Award for Best Original Song that year. Uh, Eye of the Tiger is Survivor's only number one on the Hot 100, but not the band's only top 10. The act later visited the top 10 with High on You, The Search is Over, Is This Love, and the act's second highest charting song, the number two peaking Burning Heart, which also happened to be written for and featured in the film Rocky IV. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Uh, so there you have it. This week in 1982, Survivor topped the Hot 100 with their Rocky Three smash, Eye of the Tiger. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Any parting words, Katie? You know, uh, Dan's uncle was really into Survivor. <laughs> and so... I remember when I first met Dan, he was talking about, I remember, like, working, like, they have a, a dock at their house. I remember working on the dock uh, and listening to Survivor, and I'm like, Survivor? <laughs> like, I just only knew Eye of the Tiger. I did not know this deep Survivor catalog, which obviously exists. So, there you it, it have does. it. So, should we go out on Burning Heart by Survivor? 100%. With a burning heart. <laughs> this is why. Okay. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.